0: Hey there. It's so great to have you here with us today. One Chapel is a family of neighborhood churches in the Austin area, and we help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. You can learn more about the things God is doing in this community and how to get involved at onechapel.com. I hope you enjoyed this week's message from our Who Am I series. I want to just take a minute and introduce our guest speaker. Uh, It's really a wonderful opportunity. Um, we're going to hear from um, one of my moms, my mother-in-law. And uh, she, she, when daring. we came to Austin to try to plant one chapel, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know really where we were going. But we knew we, we had to come. And she lives in New Braunfels. And, in fact, her and her husband planted a church called Tree of Life. You'll see it as you're going towards San Antonio. There on the left, it's a big sign It says Tree of Life. And they planted that in the early 80s. And so we came and we lived with them for four months. <laughs> Think of that, living with your mother-in-law for How four long? months. <laughs> no, it was really awesome. They have this huge... <laughs> no, it really was awesome. I'm not just saying that because she's sitting right here. It was fantastic. They were just so, such a blessing to us. And, um, and, and that was kind of our launching moment and their kindness to us. Uh, Specifically, Karen's kindness to us over the years was such an incredible blessing and has been to our family. Uh, We love her deeply. And I just want to say a couple of things about her because she's been a mom to three kids. She's a grandma to like several kids. I don't even know how many. She has an incredible story of God's grace in her life and what has happened to her. Um, She was a widow for several years. And, um, and went through a very difficult season. She was a senior pastor for several years and co-pastored with her husband. She has been a counselor, a conference speaker, a missionary, an author, a grandma, a manager. We call her the Gramager. And this is kind of the first time that she's ever spoken at One Chapel. Now, I remember the first time that I ever spoke in front of her, and I was really nervous. It's so awesome for the tables to be turned. (laughs) But I I love her deeply. I'm so grateful for her. I want you to love her, and I want you to support her and encourage her along the way. Give her a huge One Chapel welcome. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Pastor Karen Duncan.
1: Thank you. Well, after that introduction, it's my turn. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> just a couple, just a couple. Uh, one time, I remember um, when Amy went to ORU, and she, was, uh, she went to try out for us, uh, the singing group. And so she didn't want to go. And I said, no, you have to go. And she goes, I don't want to go. I'm afraid and I go you know what I don't care if you get it or you don't get it but we're not letting fear win so you go I don't care how you do so anyway she goes she comes home this was when she was a freshman in college and so she calls me and she said oh mom I said how did it go I was so excited and she goes oh mom he was so cute (laughs) and I said well how did the tryout go oh mom He is a doll. (laughs) And I'm just like, Amy, how did the tryout go? She goes, Mom, he has a brother, and uh, he loves God, and he sings so good. I just think he's great. He could be the one. (laughs) So, you know, as time goes on, and it all worked out, so uh, we... My husband said, well, we'd like to meet him, and this was about, I think, the time when you were, after you'd asked Amy to marry, and you were coming to our house, and so uh, my husband uh, made a big, huge sign. We went to um, Home Depot. We got this long, long paper, and it rolls out forever, and so we made a sign, and we love to do funny things, and so we put it on the garage, on the front of the garage, and uh, all, it took up the whole garage, the front of the garage, and it said, uh, Amy was coming home, and Ross was coming to meet us, and it said, welcome home, Amy, and what's his name, (laughs) 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 and of course, we just love him, and so they did live with us, are you sure it wasn't like eight months, (laughs) It was only four so we got along just great and of course I loved having all the grandkids and and we had just wonderful memories and I just remember this uh, one time when um, Ethan and Owen the youngest ones were uh, running around the house or doing something and and uh, Ross is saying stop that stop it you boys slow down don't do that and I said I said, no, they can do what they want. This is Grandma's house. And Ross just looks at me and he goes, I knew this day was coming. <laughs> you and I are going to have a talk. <laughs> and I go, what? You won that. <laughs> Because I was the Gramager, And I'm really uh, honored to be here and... Um, Thank you for that wonderful introduction, and uh, unless you're, in case you're wondering how I did all those (laughs) things, uh, I am 72, and I will be 73 next year, so it wasn't like overnight, so. And I enjoyed being at the ladies' conference a couple of weeks ago, and I got to speak, and that was great, and, um, you know, I... uh, so when Ross asked me to speak, I said, oh, I would lo- I, oh, let me pray about it. I really would like to, but, you know, it's different. People in Austin are different. <laughs> People in Austin are different than New Braunfels. And, you know, so I said, oh, I, I need to pray about it. And uh, he's like, okay. And so he says, oh, it's all, he says, it'll be fine. And so I said, okay. He said, you'll do great. You've been preaching for years. He said, you'll know. You'll have a word from the Lord. It'll be great. I said, okay. He goes, I'll send you the information. And I said, okay, okay. So about five minutes later, I get an email. No joke. This email. Eight pages of notes. Three pages of commentaries. And one page that had questions that you fill out the blanks and turn in or something. So I called him and I said, are these for me? <laughs> and I said, um, I think this is wonderful, and it does confirm what I have in my heart, uh, but I don't think I can do all of these notes and commentaries and pages. And so he just said, you know what? Just do what you want. And so I said, thank you. I, I, I will appreciate that a lot. <laughs> I had to laugh because I thought uh, because I thought, you know, Well, he trusts me so much, he sends me eight pages of notes. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And I'm really thankful to be here. And one more thing I want to tell you, too, is that I use the Amplified Bible. Now, I know it's the woman's Bible because it has more words. That's (laughs) That's why I use it. It helps me. Now I don't know. I know some of you don't carry Bibles anymore, and I understand that, but you probably have your phones, so you can get your phones out and you can, uh, I don't know, tap it to <laughs> to Ruth, chapter one. And the title is that R- Ross sent me <laughs> it's <laughs> it's All right. <laughs> is: "Who Am I?" Alone, and so uh, you know, I thought I thought about that, and I thought about the implications of it, and where we could go with that. And so we're going to start in Ruth chapter one. Now, I'm uh, probably more of a teacher. I just uh, have to find my peace, so I'm going to pray over the word, and then we'll get started. So, Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Father, that it is the life that we need it is the direction we need it is the love that we need it is everything we need you have a word for us in due season every season and i thank you that you have a word this morning for each of us here i thank you lord that this word is received that we have ears to hear and the word goes deep in our heart and it's like that seed that takes root and grows and brings forth a harvest for the kingdom of god i thank you lord god for the word of god It's anointed, it's powerful, and it energizes and it quickens all of us to your will. So we thank you for this word this morning, and may it honor and glorify you and give all of us strength, direction, and purpose in our lives. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start reading in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Now, This was written during the time of the book of Judges, when everything was happening in Judges. And if you know the book of Judges, it talks about uh, the different heroes of faith. It talks about Deborah. It talks about Gideon. It talks about how they would do uh, such great things for God. But then when that generation died out, then the next generation would forget. And then they would all just go about doing their own way. In fact, in Judges chapter 21, the last verse of that chapter says in those days there was no king in Israel so every man did what was right in his own eyes and how many of you know that just leads to a mess everybody doing what they want to do there's no order there's it was just everybody giving into their flesh and so this is a story that was written in in the middle of that time. So it's a wonderful story. It's just four chapters long, and it's like a, a movie. It's like a romance story, if, you, if you've ever read the book. And um, so there was a, a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem of Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he, his wife, and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and his two sons were named Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrites from Bethlehem of Judah. They went to the country of Moab and continued there. But Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. And they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpha, and the name of the other Ruth. They dwelt there about ten years, and Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. So the woman was bereft of her two sons and her husband. Now, we're going to stop right there. I think really those are about the five most depressing uh, verses in the Bible. (laughs) We start out the story in this way. And uh, so, they have come from Bethlehem, which really is the land of bread. They've gone from Bethlehem, which was the promised land. It's where God had given to his people, and there was a famine in Bethlehem. But they picked up and they left. Elimelech led his family into the land of Moab. Now, Moab was a country who uh the um one who started Moab was Lot. You remember the story of Lot and remember that uh all the things that happened to Lot, a lot happened to Lot. And so uh he after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, he had two daughters and then he had uh and uh Ancestuous relationship with them. They had two children. One was Moab and one was Ammon and that's where we get the Moabites and the Ammonites So you see they had always been attacking Israel. So they were Israel's enemy. So here we have Bethlehem And then we have Elimelech taking his family out of the promised land and taking them over here into the land of the enemy now I'm sure that he probably did this with good intention to save his family because he had heard that there was uh, food in, the, in Moab. And you know, sometimes we, we just think, well, there, it's better over. it's better for me over there, so we're going to go over there." So I'm not saying he had a bad intention in his heart but I know sometimes in my own life, I'm over here where God has called me, but then I look over there and the grass is greener or more fun or easier, so I'm gonna go over there. And then I, there I am in the land of the enemy. So here we have Ruth and her husband and her two sons while well, her husband dies. And so I, I, I just can only imagine how heart broken, how grief-stricken she was because her husband had died. and then. Ten years later, I mean, her, hus- her sons got married. They married two Moabitess women, which they were not supposed to do, but they married these two women from Moab, and their, their sons died. So now she had lost her husband and her two sons. I cannot imagine the heartbreak. I just, uh, and maybe some of you here can. I know when my husband went on to be with the Lord, I just thought, what is this? How did this happen? You know, you have all these questions. How could this happen? What happened? Why did this happen in the heartbreak? And I just just couldn't hardly function. I just was like a, a person that was just like in a fog. And I just couldn't do anything. And so I can't imagine the heartache that she has. And not only her, but then her two sons died. And so now we have three women. All of them are widows. So we go on to verse six. And it says, Then she arose with her daughter in laws. She arose with her daughter in laws. Now, when we look at this verse, look at the word arose. It says she arose. Can you imagine having this tragedy come in on your life and it would just knock the life out of you? Have you ever had that kind of a disappointment where it's just like you collapsed on the ground and you can't do anything? And her two daughter-in-laws. It says that she arose. And you know what happens when we get in these situations? We lose our hope. And when you lose hope, then the life just goes out of you. You just... You can't think of anything, but it says that she arose with her two daughter-in-laws. Let's read the rest of that scripture. It says, her daughter-in-laws to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in Moab had the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. Now, there's two keys in this verse. It says that she arose. That word arose means she, she strengthened, she received strength. She stood up, she resolved, she determined to get up with her two daughter-in-laws. Now, this is the key for our life. It says she arose with her two daughter-in-laws because she had heard the Lord had blessed his people. There are three things in this verse. Number one, it says she arose. And the reason she arose is because she had heard. What did she hear? What did she hear? That God had blessed His people. I mean, you know, after my husband died, I just, I, I went in my bedroom and it was dark. I closed the door, I didn't want to see anybody. i lay down on the bed and I'm laying there and I'm saying, how could you let this happen? You know, I just went on and on and on and on the inside of me, on the inside of me, I heard this, I felt this little scratchiness on the inside and I said, go away, leave me alone. I don't want to hear from you right now. And so I just went on crying and crying and crying. And I said, don't talk to me anymore. How many of you have ever had that? You know, and it's in here. And you just say, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. And I heard on the inside of me, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I said, not now. (laughs) Not now. I don't want to talk about this now. I just want to cry. And so there I am, and here's this on the inside of me, and I would just say, no, don't talk to me. But you know what? When the Word of God comes in your heart, it brings life, it brings hope, it brings strength, it brings direction, it brings vision, it brings purpose. The Word is alive, alive, and active, and energized, So here she is. She's laying flat out just down. And remember, she arose because she had heard that the Lord had blessed his people. You know, you could hear that I heard, let me tell you, just to be real honest about it, I heard a lot of things from people. Well, you know, the Lord did this because of this. Well, the Lord did this and the Lord did that. And I'm like on the inside again, I'm like, that's not my God. That's not my God. My God doesn't do that. So you have to be careful what you hear. The Word of God said, Jesus said, be careful what you hear. She had heard about the goodness of God. She had heard about the faithfulness of God to his people in the midst of the famine. She had heard that God had provided what his people needed. She had heard a word that lifted her up on her feet. But that wasn't the only way she got out of this situation. It says her two daughter-in-laws were with her. You need to hear the word of God and you need to have relationships in the body of Christ. She didn't get up by herself. She didn't just climb up and decide I'm going off. No, it got up with her daughter-in-laws. Godly relationships, godly relationships appointed by God. God gives relationships in our lives. He brings people in our lives to help us on our way. We just can't do this on our own strength and in our own willpower. We need people to encourage us and to get us up and to go along the road. I don't know what relationships you have in your life. I've had Godly relationships, and then I've had some that would say, "You know what? This is crazy." When we left uh, Tulsa in 1981 to go to New Braunfels to start Tree of Life, uh, I said to my husband, "Well, what are we doing exactly?" <laughs> he goes, "Well, we're going to New Braunfels, and we're going to start a church." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. And who told you that?" Uh, "Oh, God. Okay, okay, okay." He goes, "Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine." "Oh, okay, okay." So we go to New Braunfels, we have a U-Haul truck, and my kids are like, where are we going? Texas, we've not even been to Texas. That was in 81. And uh, you know, and I, I would hear people, some people would say, you know, I don't think you should go, I don't think you should do that, I think you should do this. And uh, maybe you should go here, maybe you should wait, maybe you should go up here, maybe, you know, everybody has an opinion and you have to be careful who you listen to and I'm just thankful even even me and I have to confess this about myself my husband said we're going to New Braunfels I go I've never even heard of that place and I've never been to Texas and we get there and I said "Well, where are we gonna live and he goes God will provide well he did another family took us in so I had five kids and they had about five we had one room that we stayed in. And I'm like, uh, I thought you said God was going to provide. He is. He is, Karen. God's going to provide. I'm going, oh, okay. So we started the meeting. We go to the meeting. We had a few people. Like then the next Sunday night, we had eight. You realize I have five in my family. <laughs> but you count everything that moves. <laughs> Everything that breathes, flies on the wall, everything. And so after it was over, I said, I thought you said, God said. And he's, go, and he's just like, Karen, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not. I just was kind of asking. Uh, <laughs> I needed reassurance. He said, it's going to be all right. And you know it was, but it, it didn't happen overnight. But, you know, I thought, now I think back, why wasn't I more encouraging? Why didn't I say, of course, it's going to be all right? Because those are the kinds of things that you remember, you know, that get you up and get you going. And that's what we have with Ruth. Here she got up because she had heard. But it says that she got up with her two daughters-in-law. And we can't do it alone. So she arose. And it says they rose and they had heard about God's goodness. In verse 7, it says, so she left the place where she was. And her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they started on the way back to Judah. You know, I think it's really important. It says she left the place where she was. You know, there's sometimes when the Lord says, you know what? You've just got to get up and go and don't look back. Amen? Amen. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, forgetting those things which are behind, I... It's Philippians, I'm sorry, chapter 3. Forgetting those things which are far behind, I press towards the mark of my high calling. You just can't halt between two opinions. You know, she got up. They started back on their way. And it says her two daughter-in-laws with her. They went back to Judah. Now, Naomi said, as they're starting on their way, go, each of you return to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and me. The Lord may grant that you find a husband and she kissed him and they wept out loud. And then we looked down in the verse 10. They said, no, no, we're going to go with you. And Naomi said, no, go back. Now, listen, if you counted down here, you will see that Naomi told them four times to go back. Talk about an encourager they said no we're gonna go with you and she says no go back they said no we're gonna go with you and they said no no and she says no you turn back I'm too old you have no future with me and they said oh no no and it says here that uh, they were weeping and I mean can you get this scene can you imagine four? I mean three women weeping oh my gosh. (laughs) They're all standing around weeping. And not only that, I don't know. I looked it up, and it's uh, 50 to 70 miles from Moab back to Bethlehem. And, you know, you've got the Dead Sea and the Jordan River. So here they are down here on the... uh, The one side of the Dead Sea And Bethlehem's up here On the other side of the Jordan River And if you've ever been to the Holy Land You know that uh, down here is kind of deserty And then they have to walk up And they have to cross over the Jordan River And then Bethlehem is up in the foothills of Judea So they had to walk up about a 2,000 foot elevation So it took them like 7 to 10 days Now I don't know what kind of luggage they had (laughs) I don't know what they carried with them Or how they survived But this was a dangerous trip It was a dangerous trip For three women, unaccompanied There could have been all kinds of dangers And here, on top of that, Naomi is saying No, you need to go back You need to go back And then finally, in verse 14 They were weeping aloud And it says, again, I mean, they must have cried for the first three days. Solid. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. And this is what I want to say that. I mean, Orpha decided to go back. She was crying. Naomi was crying. And Ruth was crying. Now, I want to tell you this. You can cry all you want, but the direction you go in is what's important. You can cry and go forward and walk at the same time. Amen? Amen. It's not always everything's going to be easy and everything's coming up roses. But here, Orpha cried, she turned back. But here, Naomi and Ruth were crying, but they went forward. We can do that. We can go forward, even in our heartbreak. And so Naomi said, look, your sister's gone back. Why don't you go back? Here it was the fourth time she told her to turn around. And when you start on your journey, when you get up, you decide, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to fulfill my destiny. And I've got uh, going forward. There will be things that will say, no, you can't do it. But Ruth, this is the first time in verse 12, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. In verse 16, that we hear Ruth speak. It's funny. We haven't heard anything from her before, just crying. <laughs> but now, in verse 16, she see, she speaks, and she says, "Urge me not." to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more. You know, I just had uh, thought about this because it says, where you go, I will go. And I, I've done a lot of weddings over the years. Last summer, I did a wedding down in Mexico for my granddaughter, and she goes, oh, please read that, uh, I, where you go, I will go, where you lodge, I will go. And I said, sure, because, you know, we hear that, and we think, oh, that's the perfect, perfect thing to read for a, a marriage. It's so sweet, so wonderful. Do you know that this was spoken between two women in this friendship? This was a covenant friendship. This wasn't made like we had a beautiful wedding in San Miguel, Mexico on top of a mountain. This wasn't spoken on top of a mountain with beautiful scenery. This was spoken in the middle of a hard time. This was spoken in a desert, in a desert, with them wondering, where's God? And Naomi's saying, God's dealt with me I I, there's bitterness in my heart this wasn't some movie situation where it says I will go where you will go this was a hard time and I want to say this that the friendships that last are forged in hard times in difficult times people stay with you in those hard times they're there to boost you up they're there to help you in a financial situation a family situation a marital situation and these are hard times but this was spoken in the covenant setting in the desert. I will go. And it wasn't, I might go, maybe so. It was, I will. She willed to be her friend. We're not talking just about uh, a situation or a friendship that's fair weather. And I thought about this. And you know, sometimes my kids say, Mom, you're so old fashioned. Well, you know, when you get my age, you are. So I set and set. <laughs> and i sat and i tried to think how can i break this down to modern day relationships so they can get it i want to tell you something this is not an episode of the housewives of beverly hills (laughs) right amy And so I've never seen that show. I've just read about it in things. So I looked up the history of it. And you know what? They picked these people so they would fight and argue and create drama and create terrible storylines and and just uh, stab each other in the back, betrayal, deception. And that's the culture that we are Putting into our daughters and our young sons are their minds. That's the culture of the world. But that's not the covenant relationship we see in the Word of God. They had a covenant. They said, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. A covenant relationship. And this was a woman from Moab. She was an immigrant She was a poor immigrant woman. She was from Moab. And even being an immigrant woman from Moab, God's favor was upon her. She rose up and she said, no, I love you. I'm going to stay with you. Isn't this great? Don't we all need a friend like this? We do. We need somebody that says, no, wherever you go, I'm going to go. So we go on down in verse 18. It says, When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said, No more. So they both went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred about them and said, Is this Naomi? And she said to them, Don't call me Naomi pleasant, call me bitter, Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty afflicted me? So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess. That's really important. When we see words in the, in the scripture that are repeated, we need to see why they're there. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter with her, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. You know, when I was at the ladies' meeting, we got so excited, or rather I got so excited about the barley harvest. You know, I grew up on a farm in Missouri, and uh, I did the proverbial plow behind a cow. Well, it was a mule then, but whatever. And, uh, you know, we just had a plow, and it had a blade in it, and you'd hold on to the handles. I was just a little kid, and and, uh, trying to push that down through that hard soil, and then you'd take that mule and he'd go down the road, then the next row, then the next row and then you would come along behind and somebody would put a seed in there and then you would cover that seed up and then you just pray for rain. I mean, that we didn't have all the irrigation systems that they do today. And, you know, for barley, I looked all this up. For barley, it takes about 60 to 90 days for that barley to start coming up through the ground. And first you're going to see the stalk come up, and then it'll start to grow and grow and grow and grow. Do you know that it, takes, it took the same amount of time then that it does now? And so all the time they were coming back. They were on their way back from Moab to come back to Bethlehem. That barley was in the ground growing. All that time, God was providing for them. All that time, God had provision and they got there at the right time time they could have got there when the barley harvest was over and there was nothing left in the fields they could have gotten there in winter time when it might have been the weather wasn't cooperative but they got there right at barley harvest they got there at exactly the right time god was working in the darkness god was working behind the scenes god was working in the middle of their terrible situations. but god was making provision for them god has made provision for you you may be going through a hard time but i'm telling you don't quit do not quit god has made a plan for your life ecclesiastics chapter 3 verse 11 says that uh, god has planted eternity in your heart a- a divine purpose working through the ages that nothing but God can satisfy, that we cannot know from beginning to end. God has put a seed in your heart. And when you follow that seed. God has a purpose and a destiny for you, but you cannot fill it by yourself. But it won't leave you because it says working through the ages, which nothing but God can satisfy. God has a destiny. He has people along the way that will help you fulfill what God has called you to do. And he's given you his word. He's given you his word. You see, they came back. Here she was, a widow, two widows. I mean, in the Old Testament widows, they had to beg. They had to uh, get whatever they could get. They had to go out in the field and get the grain because they didn't have protection. They didn't have anybody to provide for them. If you know the story, it goes on, and she went to the field of a man named Boaz. And if you read it, it's just a beautiful romance story. She ends up marrying Boaz. Boaz' names means kinsman redeemer kinsman redeemer you know I, I know that when I was in the situations that I was going through my redeemer saw me in my broken heartedness in my grief and he came and he rescued me he sought me out he provided for me as he does for you And it says that after they married, it says that they had a son, and she had a son, and Ruth had a son, and she named him Obed. Now, get this. When you think you don't have a destiny, she had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named David. The great king of Israel. So what we do doesn't affect just us, but future generations. Our destiny, God has in his hands. He has provided for us, even through the dark times. And we all need covenant friends. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our head. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord God, for the good things that you have planned for us to do as we walk it out, your life out on this earth. Help us, Lord, to share your gospel. Help us to reveal your love through our lives and your humility and your grace through our loving others, through divine friendships, through fulfilling our destiny. And Father, I know that there are those here who maybe have lost hope, who've had heartbreak. I pray, Lord, that you send them relationships that will encourage them, that will stick with them, that will walk with them through this life, covenant relationships. I thank you Father for the plan that you have for everyone here. They have heard the word. I believe you'll open doors for them to share it with others and your word will continue to grow. I thank you for blessing this church and blessing all of the people of this community. I thank you, Father, for the great things that you have planned for them. That their destinies, Father, they don't know, but they are great. They may not know exactly what those things are, but we know they're great in you because you're a good and a wonderful God. I thank you, Lord, that you bless the women today, all women, no matter if they are a mom or an aunt or a spiritual mom or a stepmom, whatever, a sister a cousin all women be blessed and know that God cares about them just as he did about these three widow women you've made provision we thank you for it in Jesus name and we all said amen
0: let's thank the lord for pastor karen <laughs> Thanks again for being here with us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, we want to help. You can find info about groups, teams, and other things happening at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. Have a great week.